Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Dream Bigger podcast. I'm your host, Sif, and I'm the founder of Icing and Glitter, which is a blog, Instagram page, and YouTube channel. Fun fact, when I was younger, I wanted to be in entertainment. I'd first wanted to be a singer, then an actor, and actually took theater in high school. As much as I hear people say that they want to get into the entertainment industry, I feel like there's a, there aren't a ton of resources explaining how to actually end up in a TV show or movie, or just what the journey is even like. I'm all about speaking to people in different creative fields, so on today's episode, I'm chatting with Eliza Butterworth, one of the stars on the Netflix show, The Last Kingdom. First things first, you guys gotta watch the show if you haven't already, because it's great. Anyway, today's episode is a deep dive into how to make it in the entertainment industry. I mean all the nitty gritty, from getting an agent to landing a role, to what life is even like on set. Also, what I found really cool and so unique about Eliza is how she looks nothing like the character she plays on the show. She's young and super cool in real life, but plays a much older, harsher character on The Last Kingdom. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed speaking to Eliza. But before we dive into the episode, I want to tell you about my favorite product to beat holiday food babies, Array's Bloat Alchemy Capsules. Guys, I've talked about this product loads. It's an all-natural capsule that gets rid of bloat in under an hour. Let's be real, we all want to look cute at holiday parties, and a food-related pregnancy is the opposite of that. To get 10% off of Array's Bloat Alchemy Capsules, enter Dream Bigger at checkout. And with that, let's welcome Eliza Butterworth to the Dream Bigger podcast. All right, Eliza. So to start, give us a bit of a background as to how you got started as an actor. Absolutely. Um, So I was kind of a bit of a late bloomer when it came to acting. A lot of people say, oh, at three years old, I knew I was running around and doing all this stuff. But for me... I was really, really shy, actually. Really? Really shy kid. I know you wouldn't believe it now with all the crazy stuff I put on my Instagram, but I was super, (laughs) super shy. And I um, was kind of part of little theater groups, but I I did enjoy it, but I was really, really frightened all the time. And then when I got to be about 15, which was quite late in the game, um, I did a play and uh, it was like a comedy piece. And I remember making the audience laugh. And then I just felt this unbelievable rush come over my body of this like whoa this is what it's supposed to feel like and making people happy and like watching their faces and I was like I was just caught by that bug and then ever since then I wanted to do drama so at school we did like a bit of Ibsen or um, Chekhov and then when I turned 
17, one of my drama teachers said, why don't you apply to drama school? And I didn't know anything about that. And right. no one in my family is kind of from that world or that realm. So I was just completely fresh to, to, to this knowledge. And so I did my research and there's a few main schools in London that yeah. teach acting. And one of them is called the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. And I also um, applied there and Lambda and Central School of Speech and Drama, all these wonderful schools. And because I was so young, I was 17, I knew I'd be 18 when the course started, but I knew that probably I wouldn't get in. And I weirdly got into RADA that year. And I remember thinking, what? Okay, this is obviously then for a good, good reason. And I think they must have liked me because I was very young, very malleable. In a sense, I was quite a blank canvas for them to work with. And that was really it. It was a really kind of fast paced rush into it from kind of 14, 15 to then getting in at 18 and moving to London. And then that was that. That's incredible. Thank you. What's drama school like? Drama school is, it's a different experience for every individual. I adored it. I had the time of my life there. Um, I was so young and I didn't really know anything about who I was really or um, my capabilities. And all of a sudden you've got people there who kind of break you down in a sense, um, all the aspects of your personality and what your um, kind of achievements could be. And then all of a sudden you're built up again and you just kind of know who you are and you know, you've got a brilliant skill set. So I loved it. It's zany. It's nuts. I mean, the people there are like loons, but I wouldn't have it any other way. It's so, 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 so fun. But then a lot of people have had different experiences where it maybe didn't feel like it was quite right for them or it was maybe too disciplined or, you know, they were sort of challenged in ways that they didn't feel was necessary for their trajectory. Wow. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Yes. So I love debunking the myth mm -hmm. of the overnight success yes. because I think when someone sees like a successful person, they look from the outside in and they're like oh like that's so great but they mm -hmm. don't realize the work that went into it yes so I like obviously like you didn't wake up one day <laughs> and you're like oh I'm cast in a Netflix show yeah. so like tell me about your journey like how yes. did it all happen I mean so it kind of did begin at drama school in the sense of knowing okay this is my craft now I'm gonna have to really work at this and I think at drama school we all kind of realize that we are our own independent businesses in a sense and that's um, such a smart way of thinking about yeah, it I yeah I mean that's so true and the older I get the more I'm like actually yes everything that I do whether it's um, something to do for my body or my mind or uh, things that I listen to is all feeding into you know, who I am which is hopefully then going to uh, have an effect on my acting which is therefore my business so like everything that we feed ourselves all of the knowledge then actually comes to fruition for our craft and our art which is really really cool and um I feel like I've not answered your question. I've just gone on no, like no, a no. tangent. Keep, keep going, um, I'm into but it. But <laughs> about the overnight success thing, yeah. So drama school, and then in the third year of uh, RADA and most drama schools, you end up getting an agent or okay. uh, and then casting directors watch you in shows. So it's your first sort of public exposure, if you like, to the industry. And it's the industry side that kind of gets you, you know, where you need to go. And for me, so I got an agent. And then later on that year, I got an audition for The Last Kingdom. And I just didn't know anything about it. I, I wasn't sure I was right age or anything. And I was 
probably 2021 at the time and I remember they were saying the character's nearly 30 and I thought but I played a lot of old ladies at drama school as all my friends (laughs) could definitely vouch for me I was the youngest in the year but always played over 65 I was the battle axe oh yes I can't This is like insane. Honestly, so weird. There must be something about me that people go, oh, she could be an old lady. Of course (laughs) she could. Yes. So um, did that. And then I got a recall for The Last Kingdom. And then a few weeks later, I did the recall. And then after you know a few days they called me and said you got it and I was like what and that has pretty much changed my life it's been such a blessing such an amazing opportunity that has recurred for nearly five years now that's wild so you've basically yeah. grown up on the show essentially Absolutely. that's crazy yeah, that's it and I don't know, like, guys, whoever's watched the show, like, <laughs> I, you are, I cannot believe you play, like, this 40, 50-year-old woman. And it's so convincing. Thank like, you, that's Sip. the thing. Until I saw your Instagram, I was like, wait, what? Yes. And as I was saying to you earlier, it's kind of the reason I got Instagram, because I just wanted to make sure that people didn't think I was just solely that. Because it's so easy when you watch TV shows and you think actors are absolutely that character you know especially if you've only seen them play that one person so I just wanted to show that I'm not that I mean I'm (laughs) really not that I love Alexander Draymond don't get me wrong now (laughs) but people love to hate her which is actually really exciting and I kind of battled with that love-hate relationship um, throughout the seasons because when it was first on obviously I was playing her and I knew she had all these malicious sides to her obviously which makes her so exciting and thrilling but at the same time I did see the love in her and I did see the devotion to her husband and to her God and to her family and yet everybody was so quick to like rip her apart and be like I hope she dies I hope you know I'd be like oh my goodness what and they'd get all this stuff on Twitter like this nasty nasty comments and and I used to get quite upset by that and but but actually I went to the producers and I told them and they were just like no that is your job that's a good thing because that's a good thing though that's like how convincing you've made that character you know that like and also it's nice that to have a villainous female I think because a lot of times in these shows the women are you know I mean our women are so strong fierce independent and awesome and mighty and intelligent and uh it's nice to be all those things but actually slightly malicious on the side which the men usually get to do yeah and it's like it's like quite manipulative the role as well it's like sneaky super devious yeah super cunning very intelligent but crafty totally yeah and I think that's why people are like no don't trust her don't trust her but at the same time (laughs) a lot of people do defend uh Lady Ellsworth which is really interesting to read they go no don't you see if she doesn't do this she you know she's not going to be able to help her her husband King Alfred so she has to go through these things in order to defend him and his kingdom which he's worked so hard to build up so, so with all of that yeah she's really really complex and it's nice when you see some audience members who are kind of on her side they get mm-hmm. kind of get it and I do get that more and more and more especially when it comes to her children I think people saw the human side to her in season one I think it's ep seven um uh, little baby Edward's life is threatened and he's really yes. ill yeah, yeah, yeah yes yeah. and and uh, uh King Alfred and Ellsworth and a lot of his um group are trapped in the marshes because they're fleeing from the Vikings and everything is just complete turmoil and all of a sudden you see her break down you see her really do anything like a big mama lion to defend her little baby and you go oh yeah there is a human side to totally this person. totally yeah mm. well you do a great job with the oh, role thank you you're so lovely so you like tie 
touch kind of on like how the casting process went but mm. tell me like in detail for like anyone who wants to get into it like what what is it like to like get cast into a show like you you were called for an audition like how did that even happen like tell me the whole thing absolutely so um everything like that kind of works through your agent but a lot of actors um don't necessarily have agents it's not the be all and end all um there's loads of websites where you can go on and put your uh, headshots and cvs and end up getting auditions you know acting is is such a broad spectrum there are so many avenues that you can go down to sort of enter it so mine was the path of the drama school with the agent and you know but that is not the only way and there are some beyond phenomenal actors who didn't need to go to drama school or they didn't really have to because they fell into it in such a different way Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what's so exciting about it that I meet all these actors and we've all kind of gone at it in a a different Different way Yeah. yeah and so for me it was yeah auditions and um, getting seen by casting directors and uh, the more you do that you kind of build up your own repertoire and they've seen you do all these different roles and then they can think oh um, there's a new role and I think maybe Eliza would be good at that part I've seen her do an audition before where she played somebody comedic or whatever and then you get asked to come in for new auditions so you like essentially like you you audition for like a whole bunch of different things and Mm. like your agent keeps putting you forward for different things that's it that's it got it okay and um you know, we get rejected all the time. And that's one of the main things that actors have to go through. I mean, there's some horrendous statistic. It's like, um, you know, actors go up for like all this stuff and they only get like 5% of the jobs that they go up for. Oh, and sure. It, yeah, and it just helps you build a backbone. And and it also helps you delve into lots of different characters because in a weird way, an audition is an opportunity to show a new facet to your acting skills. Right. And you could get an audition through for a role that you never think in a million years that you'd be able to play. And you could have one night to learn the lines. You could maybe even self-tape for it where actors basically have to tape themselves and send in the audition, which wow. in a way is really exciting because you can edit it yourself. You can go at it as many times as you like. You can spend hours or you can spend 15 minutes depending on how much you're or about getting the role um but with that um again there are just so many ways of getting acting jobs and um yeah you can play all these different roles and then you can think oh gosh I'm actually really good at these accents or I'm really good at a bit of comedy and then yeah it's up to the casting director whether you get it or not so you like you talk about rejection and like Mm. how do you deal with that as an actor because I'm sure that's really tough because I mean anytime I've applied for a job and I've been told no it's like almost like heartbreaking you know absolutely and I feel like it's very easy to take things really personally and that's the one thing you just can't do as an actor there could be a million reasons and more why you didn't get it and it's nothing to even do with your talent or anything it's it could be down to um you're not the right age or they just want a specific specific look but they loved what you did in the room and all I can ever say is that as long as you've gone in there and you've done your best and you've known that you've prepared and you've you fought for it as hard as you can then you can always leave feeling positive and I know that's a very like sunshiny way of thinking about it but if you didn't think about it that way, you you just let it rule your life. And oh, as an totally, actor, you yeah. just can't let that happen. And and also, what's interesting is that although you might not have gotten that role, even if you did such a brilliant job, that casting director will remember you, and they will remember the work that you put into it. And it could be that they really liked you and that you were their favorite. But the producer, who also has a huge say over who gets the part, maybe thought mm, that's not quite the look we're going for, whatever. 
but that means that the casting director will invite you back in the future for some other role and so as long as you just smash it every time and put all your work into it you kind of can't fail in a way even if you don't necessarily get the job I think it's like the like the right perspective to have I guess yeah. otherwise like it's just so easy to give up and just be like oh like you know screw oh goodness, it you know of course. it's like it's, it's hard I'm sure it's it really, really really hard it is and some of the most incredible actors like I adore Morgan Freeman he didn't really get into it until his like late 40s or yeah. Samuel L. Jackson he was like a teacher for years and uh he then found fame and um oh my goodness what was it um I said uh gosh I've forgotten the, the film's name I think I was watching it the other day but he he it just shows that you don't have to be super young oh totally and, you totally. know getting all these roles from such a young age you can you know find it as you get older and it could be that you weren't right for that part and sometimes when I haven't gotten parts I will feel like oh no that that kind of sucks but it's actually been a good thing because then that time has been open for me to get a different part and I go oh thank goodness I didn't get that previous one because otherwise I wouldn't be able to work on like The Last Kingdom for instance was a case like that where I was auditioning for a few things at the time and got rejected 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 and then The Last Kingdom came in and I kind of thought okay let's go for this and if I'd have gotten any of those other jobs I wouldn't have even been able to have the audition opportunity. That's insane like if you think about if you think about it that way, like this yeah. is sort of the role that kind of like changed your life, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely. And it's become like a cult following this show. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we're seeing so much more success with it. And there are certain countries in the world that really love it. I have to shout out to Brazil. Really? Because, oh my goodness, the Brazilian fans are on another level. They wow. love it. I don't know what it is about <laughs> our show, but they <laughs> love it. They are our biggest fan base for sure. And it's so sweet. That's so cute. <laughs> so how has your life changed since The Last Kingdom? Because, uh, you know, like we were talking about this earlier, but you have such like a good head on your shoulders. Thank and like not diva at all like no. so chill so cool oh, I hope not I hope <laughs> not you wait a few years I'm like darling no <laughs> roll the red carpet out for me <laughs> um but I think it's just you know growing up I think in a, in a world where I, I wasn't really surrounded by actors like my parents um do very normal jobs my mother's a nurse my dad was a pilot um and you know my family love creativity like we all love doing like karaoke we've got quite a singy family on my dad's side um which is so cute but nobody ever really apart from I've got a cousin who's an amazing singer and she's kind of the first one that pursued a creative job um and apart from that you know everybody's got these other fantastic jobs and I just wasn't surrounded by it so I can only really be grounded because that's all I've ever really known, which yeah, is really, really nice. That. Yeah. Take me through a day in your life when you're filming. When we're filming. Oh, so it's really exciting. It'll be kind of crazy. Um, we're so lucky that we film out in Budapest. Which that's is, wild. I, it's so wild. And I think that's like one of the biggest perks of the job is that we get to travel so much. And um, Budapest is such a stunning city. So much to do. It's definitely become our second home because I've really been out there for nearly five years back and forth crazy which is awesome and so uh filming days can usually sometimes start at like 4am so you get wow. picked up at 4am and um by the time they've dropped you off at on the set which is on the buddha side of budapest there's this um two different sides uh, uh over the river danube 
and we kind of we film out in the middle of nowhere in an area called Gobble Yarash, cool. which sounds like how, another how do you even realm. say that? Yeah. How do you even pronounce it? I mean, how do you spell it? Is really the question. But yeah, we film out in this place called Gobble Yarash, and then um, yeah, that's then it takes us to like six a.m. and then by that time they're getting you into makeup that could take an hour, an hour and a half, and get into costume. So really, you don't film till maybe eight, eight thirty or nine, but you have to be picked up at four in order for all of that preamble to take place right for you to then be ready by eight you know and then we start filming and filming hours can be you know roughly maybe 12 hours a day wow yeah and the crew work the hardest they're the first ones to get there they're the last ones to leave they are phenomenal yeah so shout out to our hungarian film crew and british film crew as well we have a beautiful mix of british and hungarian so that's people. like those are like 16 hour days then. yeah they're really 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 long and um we kind of go through all weathers um sometimes we film in the winter time which looks epic on screen cinematically it's stunning it's got that like raw um, chilly atmosphere but it's horrendous to film because you're freezing you're just freezing you're sometimes out especially the boys i feel sorry for on the battlefield they're just out in the fields just Oof. freezing their nuts off <laughs> it's awful um and then in the summer times it's really fun although poor Uhtred has um like his viking armor and all his Ooh, furs so i always feel for him because he gets so hot yeah that's gnarly yeah so either which way it can be kind of crazy down to the weather but we just had the most fun ever and even though we can get really really tired we're just all really really silly and just make each other laugh which always just gets us through the day that's the way you go about like mm. long work days otherwise it's just like that's like no fun if you're not having a good exactly. time you know so it's and great. always winding each other up a lot of people like to play pranks on each other too which Aww, is hilarious or sometimes so we sneak into each other's trailers and like not trash them but like do oh silly God. things and then so that when the actor comes back from like lunch or whatever they're like what the heck and there's all this crazy <laughs> stuff in their trailer which is so nice that's so funny so how like how long is filming like within a year like is it months mm. at a time or like how does it work generally yeah, so usually a full season of our show is uh th now they're 10 episodes long which is awesome so it'll take about seven to eight months to film the whole thing that's crazy it's considering crazy. like it's just like what an hour each yeah, episode five minutes to an hour and per then like episode. Just, but the <sighs> amount of time it takes to put all that together I like know. i guess like like people don't realize absolutely and at the same time after that even when we're we're wrapped it can take up to six months if not longer just to get it out there because then um, all of the footage goes into the editing room right. and then the producers get to look over it and um, chop and change scenes and make, you know, put CGI into it, make it as beautiful as possible. And then it becomes its finished product. But that can take so, so, so long. And so. I complain about editing stupid <laughs> YouTube videos like makeup. Oh, but that's hard. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Seriously, I would never put me in an editing room. I didn't know what I'm doing. But yeah, oh, so man. it does take a long time all in all. But then it's just so worth it when the fans get them mitts on it <laughs> yeah and then what do you do like during your time off i guess so like, do you take on other projects well with the, with the last kingdom and a lot of other television shows it's not really possible to necessarily take on other big tv projects or theater projects because you know you're contracted to be available for that seven eight months out in budapest and you never know when they're going to call you up and say oh our schedule's changed we need you to come out like tonight or tomorrow morning to film what? That's so wild. yeah so we can't really also give our time to anything else but um i've done like small things in between like little radio projects and 
little like video game voiceover things which is so 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 fun and it just keeps you active and busy whilst you're filming yeah that's so fun thank you so a lot of our listeners are creative some of whom might want to break into the industry Mm. so if someone is looking to become an actor what are a few tangible tips you can give them So as I was saying earlier, there's the avenue of the drama school, which is always a really, really, really good shout. And you know that you've got nothing to lose if you want to just try out. And you can always get a lot of advice when you go up for drama school auditions. And it's a really good um, base to sort of show off your work and learn monologues and really get into the grips of the sort of discipline side of acting, especially if you really love Mm theatre. Because those training schools are really predominantly based on um, theatre etiquette and um, learning about all the different theatre practitioners. So if that's kind of the road you want to go down, I'd say it's definitely worth a shout to try out for drama schools, but that is certainly not the only path to take. And so many actors have started producing their own work, writing their own stuff, or putting on little plays with their friends and taking them to like the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. That's a big one where anyone can put on anything really and you can just let your talents and creativity fly and you know that there are lots of different ways and I'd say always prepare and never be afraid of like the work aspect of acting because sometimes you'll watch interviews of actors and you know they talk a lot about like spontaneity and just being like free and in the moment and that's all so brilliant and applicable but at the same time I feel like doing the work and like learning your lines and researching about your characters and really watching as much content as you can you know revolving around the world of whatever it is that you're trying to be or put on you have to like immerse yourself but immerse yourself and weirdly with all that work you gain a lot of freedom um I was I remember watching an Anthony Hopkins interview and he said he learns his lines so much like it like he'll go over it a hundred times so that he's so 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 free on the day of filming because his lines are just ingrained into his body there's no thinking about it you know so then he's free to do whatever he wants with his performance he can be as flexible as possible whereas if you're you know you get to set and you're thinking oh my goodness what's the line what's the line you're just mentally blocked and you can't really give as much or you can't be as open to to things and you can't really listen to the other actors and the surroundings around you so I feel like just don't ever be afraid to do the work and see as many shows as possible and look at your favorite actors and you know kind of break down why they move you why they convince you and try and almost emulate that and and read a lot as well um but but there's just so many paths to take and I guess because I had the path really early on and you know I was very young when I started drama school. I've only sort of known that way. Right, right. But it's so interesting when I speak to other actors and how they got into the game. Mm -hmm. And it's really just a sense of um, working really, really hard, um, making sure you surround yourself with people that are also creative because you never know who you're going to work with or who is going to collaborate with you and want to write stuff or put on stuff. And then before you know it, you you know, you'll sort of find your way. And it does take time as well. You've got to be patient. Um, with anything else yeah, as well, right? Absolutely. Like it doesn't, it's not just like you snap your fingers and this there you are. It. And as you say, especially with social media in this age, everything looks like it happens overnight. Totally. Yeah. And it's just such bullshit. It is. And, and it's so easy for people to edit their lives to look so glamorous and wonderful. And like, I, I you know, I'm not holier than thou. I probably do the same in the sense of, well, you know, it's your highlight reel, right? It's your right? highlight like, real, it's right? not like real life. Like, it's exactly. not like, I mean, there's everyone has like shitty days or like yeah. they don't get what they 
want and like you know they fail like those many failures though and then you get to where you need to be if this you work is hard. it and no one ever sees the rejection side like actors don't always go into interviews and tell you all the things they didn't get they'll yeah. just tell you the few little things that they did get yeah but when you know that actually all that grafting took them to those specific moments of specific opportunities that have now made them who they are it's like okay yeah that does take its time and you've got to be patient you've got to not worry about rejection don't take it personally and yeah just do the work and enjoy it like just enjoy it because I feel like the moment you you know you do all this stuff and you kind of fall out of love with it I think that's when you realize it's not your real mm-hmm. passion mm-hmm. absolutely and luckily for me I've always been so into movies and theater especially I love Shakespeare and and I just love going to see shows and so I feel like for me the passion has never died yeah and I, surround myself with loads of fun actors and we're all the same so yeah that's amazing so I know you'd mentioned that like if uh, you know if someone doesn't have an agent for example they Mm. can like go upload their headshots and like whatever uh, CVs and stuff so what are some resources yes so there are some websites one is called uh, mandy.co.uk or .com um, where you can upload a headshot and basically it's a database of all different kinds of roles and uh, jobs that are available right now to actors musicians dancers cool. so it's a big entertainment base which is really really nice because sometimes in the interim of jobs or if you're feeling like you just want to be creative you can apply to these wonderful things online um, sometimes talk to the people that are offering the jobs and audition for them or whatever and it's a really good way of getting started because with anything it can be catch 22 you know if you don't have the experience how are you gonna do the job but then if you don't get jobs that give you the experience then how you know how are you gonna yeah, do anything uh, yeah, so someone has to start somewhere mm-hmm. and if you're not going down that drama school route then mandy is a really good uh, website to go on if you've you know just got that creative ability and you want to get out there and do some stuff yeah and um, star now is another one and i think uh, i think casting call pro used to be yeah I think that's become Mandy now so that's I, th- I think for me like one of the best uh, websites to go into yeah and if someone wants an agent and they don't go to drama school like what is the best way to go about doing that yeah so with agents uh, a lot of the time they probably want to see you do your work before they sign you so let's say you have uh, put on a play with some friends and you're at a, a small theater or you're at school or you're at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival or something you could you know put the play on you can write to agents and uh, you know if they're lovely they will hopefully uh, give you some feedback and let you know if they can come see your play or whatever or if they can't see you um, sort of face to face they might ask you to come in for a meeting and talk about what you know you're sort of wanting to achieve Um, but usually they sign people on the basis of watching them seeing their talent uh, on stage or on screen because a lot of people don't want to be theatre actors they maybe only want to focus on television and film so again if you're making short films with your friends or doing anything like that and you created what they call a showreel which you would obviously know about Sif um, you could send that to an agent too and that's a, a really good medium to, to show off your talents because it's like an immediate form of you know all of your work yeah I feel like I mean there is so much opportunity to sort of be a self-starter yeah and do well in this industry as well just like every other which is I mean in the age of the internet I feel like everyone has like opportunity if they want it yeah you kind of got to look at that lemonade stand and squeeze all the lemons and get all your juice yes yeah it's kind of endless the opportunities sometimes it's overwhelmingly endless you kind of think where do I begin and I I get that and 
and especially if, if you don't really know how you're going to get the agent or how you're going to start the play or how you're going to do this I think you just have to take time and think okay what do I love the most do I like film do I like theater and just go down that path uh, as concisely as possible and get advice along the way and then before you know it you'll probably be meeting amazing people and then it's also contacts contacts are so important that whole phrase of it's not what you know it's who you who know that's you know. also really important so true a lot of actors get jobs with other people that they've worked with before um, whether it be directors or other actors or producers and you know people kind of trust in the work that you've already delivered for them um, and as I was speaking to you earlier people just enjoy working with people that they like as well that's the thing though right that i'm like i'm always saying that like kindness and just being yes. like a pleasant person it's so easy exactly you know and like just being curtsy courteous and nice like i feel like it just it it takes you such a long way exactly and like people always remember the way you made them feel so if you totally. were really lovely on set and you were you know really sweet to the cast and the crew and you just put all your you know efforts into everything I feel like you can't really go wrong yeah yeah so absolutely. yeah that, that says it all yeah guys you know what don't be a diva don't be mean now <laughs> don't be mean. don't be mean so I want to talk about social media because mm -hmm. I feel like you're really strategic okay <laughs> so like I know you know like obviously like some actors are more guarded but yeah. your social media is just so fun and Thank like you. you're just like the girl next door who likes to like lip sync and I, I love yeah. lip syncing I'm just that's what I think I wanted to show like people like I hate her and I hate the character I was like you couldn't be more shocked at probably how different I am which, yeah. and I think social media luckily does like allow you to show off all these different facets and so for me yeah lip syncing just being silly I love rap music and hip hop and <laughs> <laughs> it's just like my way of showing those different strands of my personality, which you never, ever get to see in my old Saxon scowl face. That's so never funny. That. <laughs> so do you think that there is like like social media now that it's here? Like, do you think that there is a strategic way for actors to use it? And like, it has it like shifted your industry in any way? It absolutely has. And it's it's a good thing and a bad thing in lots of ways. Um, I think. Uh, there are a lot of actors who've chosen not to be involved with social media yeah, at all yeah. because then in that sense they can't be compared to anything or anyone it isn't and you know a whole thing of like how many followers do you have and how many likes do you have because they're just not playing that game at all and I do sometimes not say it's a game because it's a very fun game and it's a game that we can all play and all be interact with, with and connect with each other but in a sense yeah if it's like your personal website or your platform you are kind of manipulating it in a sense you know at your best or at least showing off the qualities that you want people to see and and it's really nice when especially if you get to play a character that's nothing like you that it's your kind of way of you know showing all these different parts to yourself so in that sense I guess I'm strategic because I'm thinking oh like I love posting about the last kingdom and I love all the amazing feedback that we get but it's also nice for the audience to see what we're like when we're not filming or yeah, when we're just who you friends. are yeah. yeah and all the stuff that we love to do outside of the show as well yeah and all of our other skills so yeah I, I have think so it's much awesome. fun with it yeah I think it's it, I think it's so good and like I like I love your social media I think it's so fun like your Instagram Thank is you. so cute like it's it's like it's great to watch thank you <laughs> so you know you like you were obviously like touching just like you know on like the com comparison game mm. which obviously like social media is like a whole thing but like even as an actor I'm sure like comparison is like a big thing Massively. you know so yeah. how do you deal with like comparison and competition and like you know keep a good head on your shoulders yeah like I think again just to not take it all personally and like 
obviously everybody is going to be working and striving towards something, you know, and I'm always trying to not change myself, but be like, okay, if I didn't get that, maybe, you know, there are, there are other things I need to be working on myself with. So in some ways comparing yourself isn't always a negative thing. Like in a way, you know, what do they say about um, the biggest form of flattery is when somebody kind of mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. mirrors you. So if there's somebody, you know, who you really admire and inspires you and, you know, you maybe get compared with them, I think that's a really, really good thing. And it makes you only want to work harder to become more, obviously like yourself, but to just strive for those aspects of that other person that you kind of really admire. Um, but when it comes to like comparisons with acting, it can be anything from your talent to your looks to your age to your abilities to anything and so it's, it's, it's almost too much to even comprehend like you'd go crazy if you just thought about it all day and how you must change and whatever and I always feel like the right role for you will come to you mm-hmm. and my mother always says that and she's not an actor but she always says you know the person that got that role that was their role as mm-hmm. in nobody else could play it but them in yeah, a weird way yeah, absolutely, and it's like yeah. cool yeah it kind of belongs to you it's like a sword that you know gets chooses you or something which is kind of kind of nice so that whole idea of comparison I feel like if you can switch it into a positive way of thinking is is always helpful as an actor otherwise there's just so much comparisons to be made it, it can get so yeah tricky. yeah and I feel like it's it's like that with like so many industries and I think that yeah. there's like really honestly speaking like there's no shortage of like things out there right yeah. and like what you're saying is so true that like if someone gets a role that maybe you wanted it was made for them and then like doesn't mean that you won't get something that's meant for you so I think that that's like a really smart way of thinking about it that's so true and with the whole idea of comparison it's very easy to think oh I must be like this other person I'm going to change myself to be something that I'm not and actually you have to focus on the things that make you so unique because with that then you can just totally strive for it and no one can do you better than you yeah and if you've mastered that there's so much power within that and I think people connect to others that are so holy themselves and so confident and strong in their own abilities and I think that's really the root of it and I'm definitely on that journey I'm trying to work out what I'm all about and what I love and what my skills are and trying to hone all those things down so that I can feel as comfortable in my own skin without having to feel the need to compare I love it yeah so you like obviously I mean from this whole conversation one thing is super clear which is you're super confident and I think it's like such a great example for like especially younger people so do you have any tips on like how you stay confident absolutely um I kind of just try to see the positive sides of life and the positive sides of other people I feel like I have such confidence in my friends like they make me such a better person and yeah confidence it's and and there's a lot of times where especially for young women we judge our looks all the time and it's so interesting that our aesthetic appearance becomes something that we think about daily and we can really berate ourselves for not being perfect and in the social media age where everything is edited and people have had a lot of surgery and you know there is that now like unbelievably unattainable idea of perfection that you know young women especially are trying to strive for I feel like I'm I'm definitely part of that world and I definitely do look at all of that content and and sometimes I do think oh gosh I don't look like that or I'm not you know that body or that hair or whatever it is 
but I just try and step back from all of it and think, no, 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 like what makes you you? What makes you make people laugh or or makes, you know, you... I don't know. It's. I think you have to be generous. I think that always helps me be confident. Um, I love seeing like the joy in other people that gives me confidence. Um, and when it comes to looks, because that is something we all think about, and of course I do. Um, I don't know. I just try not to beat myself up too much about the way I look, especially if I'm just having a bad day and like everybody does. Everyone does. Yeah, it's you look being in the human. mirror and you're like, what is this? <laughs> what is going on? And it's so easy to then be like, oh no, I'm hideous. And I have to say, sometimes I just um, delete my Instagram app. Sometimes if I feel like I'm going into one of those rabbit holes of like comparing, as we've been talking about, and like obsessing over what other people are doing and what they look like. And oh, I haven't got this. I haven't got that. That is like a surefire way of of building quite low self-esteem. Um, which is why I almost feel quite sorry for some of the younger generation, like the current 15-year-olds who've really grown up with kind of just social media. Like, so if you and I are at the age where, you know, we had computers as kids, but, you know, we didn't it have didn't phones. It didn't rule our lives. It didn't yeah. rule our lives. Yeah, we were totally. out playing. I mean, we sound like such old ladies. We were out playing <laughs> in the streets. What a wonderful <laughs> life, you know. Obviously, it wasn't like that. But, like, you know, it, I think the pressure is way bigger it's on It's completely different. It's than, insane. Oh, my gosh. Like, I was, I was speaking to a few friends about it. And I remember when I was 15, I would bring blue eyeshadow <laughs> all the way up to my eyebrows. Because <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, you, you know, know. I bet you look so cute. Yeah. But, like, nowadays, it's mm. like... It's, like full face full like I'm just like yeah. I don't know how to do my makeup that good Absolutely. you know and, and isn't it cute that back then you weren't even conscious that no, that wasn't no, the way to who cares like who cares if it wasn't that like, you look cute and you wanted to do that you wanted to be like fun and put your eyeshadow on like amazing whereas now I feel like people be like oh quick to judge like you know there's such perfection out there on mm -hmm, social media mm -hmm. that you know if you're not attaining to that then there's something wrong with you or something yeah, and that's yeah. just so not cool and I think that comes with the thought that I was saying about find the stuff that makes you individual and you yes. unique you don't have to become a sheep and sort of conform to what all the other young women or young men are doing just do you your best just just be you and nobody else can take that away from you yeah. I know people say that all the time but really that is the core of it all and once you tapped into that I feel like you're kind of unstoppable no one can break you down no one can make you feel less than you are nobody can make you feel like you have to judge yourself or compare yourself because all you've got to offer is all the goods that, that you have I love it yeah okay so last question do you have any self-care rituals self-care rituals you know what I'm trying to get more into that like thinking what do I need what do I need in the day that's going to make me happy and I have to say like I was speaking to you earlier Sif about exercise and like as most people would say, we all hate the gym. We just hate the gym. I have some friends who love the gym. And I'm like, what? What planet <laughs> were you born on, man? Um, but I, if I can be physical, but in a fun way, then I'll do it. Like, I'm, I'm going to start belly dancing in January, which oh I'm really God, excited so about. Fun. I know. And it's just like a way of being active, but also learning new skill and having fun meeting new people Wait, and friends. this is a class? It's a class, yeah. It's like in Stop North it. London. Yeah, and I just, I just, I've always been really interested in that form of dance and I love salsa dancing too and yeah and, and like I was the kind of kid who would rather do Zumba than like an hour on the treadmill or something because it feels like you're not exercising you're just laughing That's and dancing the thing. like I think with exercise it's so important to find the the kind that brings you joy and you know yeah. what like not everything 
works for everyone. Absolutely like not. I have some friends who are obsessed with running and mm. I remember I when I, oh my gosh, it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> I hate it. I can just feel my heart beating and my pulse. And, and just, all I can think oof. about is how awful I feel. Yeah, I'm just like, like I the thud this. of my legs oh, on the pavement. I'm like, like get me out of here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so like, I think it's so important to find the thing that you love. And like yes. every like fitness expert that I've spoken to, even on the podcast, they say the same thing that like find what like brings you joy because this should be something that brings you joy. It shouldn't be something that like you're Absolutely. doing just like, oh, like let's yes. get it over it with. It shouldn't you know? feel like a chore for sure. Yeah. And like, oh, that rhyme, chore for sure. <laughs> and, rap um, career. Oh, rap career. Oh, cool. <laughs> I can be next Quaddy B. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah if it feels like a chore then it's always like oh and you're, you're not going to want to do it again the next week whereas it's like oh it's something I look forward to and like I can't wait to do that and it makes my body feel good but mm-hmm. at the same time I've had fun and I've been laughing like that's like perfect yeah, yeah but I do still go to the gym sometimes not as regularly as I probably should you need to get class pass I'm I telling need to get you class like pass. I'm gonna like I'm gonna like push you to do this oh my god I'm so glad <laughs> you told me about that I'm getting on it's gonna it. change your like life it. yes <laughs> And it's uh, it, it's really good. And like, I have a lot of friends who are so disciplined with uh, their bodies, and I just admire that. Like, I think people that go to the gym and have that brilliant it's like a work ethic in a way like you mm-hmm. know when you go in there you're going to do a certain set of things um, and you, you know you know how many reps you're going to do and I feel like wow it's it's like a whole other way of life mm-hmm. and I really admire those people I just can't be bothered <laughs> maybe belly dancing becomes your form of belly self-care. dancing exactly like, exactly your thing. I'd love that and like <laughs> I do go out dancing a lot as in just like to like hip-hop clubs and stuff like yeah, my so friends fun. can say for sure that they can't rip me off that dance floor I am wild oh my gosh that is so <laughs> funny I love it I love it so that's probably my main form of exercise is just going to like Brixton and and getting lit. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find you. Instagram, Twitter, yes. all of the uh, things. So I have Twitter. It's just, I think it's at Eliza Butter 909, which I made years ago. I don't know why I called <laughs> myself that. I don't know how to change it, but that's what it is. And on Instagram, I'm at Eliza Butterworth. Amazing. Thank you so much for doing Thank this. Thank you so much.